0: Welcome in to RJ Bell's Dream Preview Major League Baseball Edition. I'm Scott Seidenberg, joined by Griffin Warner. This podcast, of course, brought to you by Pregame.com. And Griffin, opening day is on Thursday. It is a national holiday, at least it should be. (laughs) And we are going to spend all day watching Major League Baseball. And this is going to be our first chance for this regular season, to see the new rules for Major League Baseball officially in play, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, thank you for the intro. Um,
1: as I, I'm fully on board with uh, Opening Day being a holiday, I do remember one time Opening Day being the same day as I think the national championship college basketball. That was too much going on. I'm glad there's a few days apart here. Um, but I'm
0: I'm pumped. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a great year. A long season. It's. Quite a grind, but I'm looking forward to it. Now, when it comes to early on in this season, uh, what's your handicap process like for these games? I know for me personally, I actually do take stock in some spring training statistics. I like to see who has maybe struggled in the spring and hasn't gotten off to a good start, especially from a pitching perspective, because maybe some of these guys just aren't 100% ready for the regular season just yet. And I think those players, their fade opportunities in the first couple of weeks of the season. What do you think? Yeah, I I don't, blame you
1: for that. Uh, I also think adjusting new rules seems a little bit complicated. You've heard a lot about, or at least I have, Max Scherzer and his kind of varying of his mo- motion to try to take advantage of this pitch clock, while I think other pitchers who are so creatures of habit um, that they're going to struggle with it. I, th- I think same sort of story. Uh, I try to look away from pitchers that have really struggled in the spring. It's really hard to tell what how much they're trying, what they're really looking forward to accomplishing besides just getting through it healthy. Um, But I think especially for players that are trying to make rosters and specifically since pitching is so important in everyday betting, um, I do like seeing those who have struggled that people
0: didn't really expect to make the team that do and and trying to bet against them. I also monitor the weather because early on here in, in the season, you got players that are going from the heat and the comfort of Arizona and Florida And might have to play their opening series in 40 slash 50 degree weather. You know, it's going to be 52 degrees in the Bronx on Thursday. It's going to be in the 40s at Fenway Park. It's going to be in the 40s at Wrigley Field. And I just wonder how these pitchers, especially coming from the warm weathers of Arizona and Florida, now going to deal with the cold in their first starts.
1: Yeah, um, certainly something to talk about. It's amazing they can't play spring training games there or something like that. I guess they have to sell some seats. Uh, But yeah, totally cold weather cities going to New York is going to be a big problem. I feel like in Chicago and anywhere basically above the Mason-Dixon lines, it's kind of concerning. Even here in Dallas, it's been like the 50s this week. Fortunately, there's some indoor situations there, though.
0: Yeah, so let's run through this schedule on Thursday, opening day for Major League Baseball. The action, uh, it's going to be a lot of day games. Then we'll talk about the nightcaps, but we'll start, obviously, in chronological order with the Braves at the Nationals. Max Freed getting the start for Atlanta. Patrick Corbin, who's everyone's favorite fade, getting the start for the Nationals. Atlanta minus 250 with a total of eight, Griffin.
1: Yeah, um kind of surprised at Patrick Corbin they're still running him out there, but uh I think it's also one of those times to remember which teams are trying to win games and which are trying to tank for draft picks. Um, you know, Patty Corbin was awesome in the world series run for the Nats. That's a long time ago. Unfortunately, uh, the Braves are going to probably hit him pretty hard somehow. Maybe he's fixed his slider and gets that something hittable. Uh, I don't or, or miss missable rather than just hittable uh, or just a ball all the time. So he has to rely on his fastball, which isn't overpowering. Uh, I think the Braves are a great team and I'm not looking to go against them.
0: Yeah. And I think for me, I'd be looking at possibly a, Um, Braves team total Uh, I think their offense is you know their offense is ridiculous we know how good they are and I think they're going to be able to get to Patrick Corbin who didn't exactly have a good spring carried a four or five ERA in five starts this spring we have the Giants at the Yankees Logan Webb against Garrett Cole the Bombers minus 170 with a total of seven and a half yeah, it kind of felt a
1: little short to me, honestly. I know Logan Webb's a great pitcher. He's been a big underdog, especially when the Giants play the Dodgers. Um, really good at keeping the ball in the yard. Got a good sink change-up combination. Um, and great pitcher overall. But let's remember who he's facing, Garrett Cole. Uh, we also should probably should remember how well the Yankees played to start the season last year. I don't know necessarily that that was a fluke, but uh, certainly the second half didn't go as smoothly as the first. Uh, I feel like the, the Yankees have a lot I think to make up for really disappointing uh, end of the season and also playoff run, I, I feel like they're going to come out pretty motivated. And I just really don't know what to do with this Giants team. I mentioned in our first pod that, like, they're a team I was looking at as a potential future long shot, but are they the team that won over a hundred games or the team that made it look like they should have won 60 games. And it's really hard for me to tell.
0: Yeah. I'm on the Yankees here in this one. Uh total was seven and a half. It's pretty low considering it's the Bronx and the Yankees have the potential to score a ton of runs and Logan Webb, another guy who did not have a good spring. Uh, the Orioles are at the red Sox, and, and this line might shock you based on the team's projections this season. Boston minus 130, it's Corey Kluber against Kyle Gibson.
1: Actually feels a little short to me, I got to say. I was trying to make my number as big as I could. I think I got to the Orioles plus 140 with a little bit of uh, me adjusting my number as high as I could make it. Um, what a great year for the Orioles last year. I think it's going to be really hard for them to duplicate that. I agree especially after they traded off so many assets at the trade deadline. I'm happy they did. I think that's the right thing that their franchise started the year out going, we're rebuilding, had a great year, and didn't fall in love with that. Other Major League Baseball franchises have had big problems with that in the past. Uh, Kyle Gibson, I mean, seems like a smoke and mirrors guy. Maybe he gets off to a good start in what's probably a pretty cold forecast in Boston, but – Uh, man, I just, I don't know. And I feel like Corey Kluber is not getting a lot of love here despite a pretty good, good season last year when he was healthy, which is a big question, but, first start of the year is probably the most healthy he'll be.
0: Yeah, I thought the Red Sox would be at least a minus 150 favorite, so the line really surprising, because I think Baltimore's a team that is really just trying to transition with all of their youth, and I think they're going to be, you know, they'll be pretty good in a year or two from now, but I still think that they're, you know, what's the old saying in sports? You're a year away from being a year away, and that's where I think the Orioles are right now. Uh, Corbin Burns leads the Brewers into Wrigley against the Cubs, and Marcus Stroman Milwaukee, minus 145 five with a total of seven and a half
1: uh good question about what the i think cubs will be this year um i think it's still a transition period they look like they spent a little bit of money on, on their bullpen which i think does show a little bit about what they're trying to go for this year um i still need to see it. corbin burns can certainly mow through this lineup um i don't know that i trust the brewers as as far i mean they were big favorites last year when the central Um, And I feel like they were never really a team that I thought were as good as as the market kind of made them out to be. So uh,
0: jury's still out on them for me. I think this might be a sneaky overplay. Um, Let's watch the weather and let's watch the wind, obviously, because the wind at Rigby Field does come into play here. But the total is low at seven and a half. And I actually think this is something to be said about a lot of these low totals with the new rules, uh, with the pitch clock, with um, the, the larger bases, with banning the shift. I think we're going to see more runs being scored. And I don't know if the books are going to adjust early on here in the season. So it might be an opportunity to take advantage of some of these low totals. Uh, seven and a half for this game. You know, Corbin Burns did not have a good spring, a 4 ERA in five starts this spring. Uh, I wonder if he can just flip the switch and turn it on here in the regular season or if it's just going to be a little too cold there in Chicago. Uh, It it may be, it may be.
1: And and I think your point is well taken that it's a battle of weather versus rule changes. I would think that rule changes probably are
0: more important than weather, Mm -hmm. but
1: we'll ultimately
0: ultimately see. Yeah. I mean, hey, if they're both aligned, they're both aligned. (laughs) Uh, Let's take a look at the Tigers at the Rays. Tampa heavy favorite minus 235 total is seven. Shane McClanahan on the hill for Tampa and Eduardo Rodriguez. Welcome back. Getting the start for Detroit. Yeah, what a weird up and down, a lot of
1: absences in the season last year. Some explained, some I think completely unexplained. Not being in touch with your employer was very interesting. Uh, luckily, luckily for us mere mortals, we're not able to do that in our world, I don't think. But um, yeah, I, I think the Rays are one of the best teams in baseball. They are every year. Um, once they got Joe Madden out of town, I think everyone realized that it wasn't really him and his magic. It was really just an organization that is awesome, incredible, and has done so well in keeping Shane McClanahan healthy, building him up and that huge strikeout potential to what he is today. Uh, I'm very invested in him in fantasy, hoping that continues. <laughs> uh, like they treat him really well, especially because they have a great bullpen behind him. Uh, I don't really think any one in the AL Central I'm looking to back against a team that's really strong. Uh, the
0: Tigers are no exception. Yeah, I, I think McClanahan is a, a Cy Young candidate for sure. In the America League, maybe one of my selections to win uh-huh. an award this year. Uh, the Phillies take on the Rangers in Arlington. Aaron Nola against Jacob DeGrom. Texas is minus 130. And maybe this line has to do with a little bit of DeGrom familiarity with that Phillies lineup.
1: Maybe, but I feel like the more you see someone, the more you know exactly what's coming. Thank uh, and you I really. To... I love that you're saying this. Go on. I mean, yes, sure. I'm I'm sure that Jacob DeGrom has an idea of where the holes are and a lot of these Phillies swings compared to a team he's never seen before, but I I just I also got to say I feel like I'm forever in the Fade DeGrom camp. He's one pitch away as every pitcher is, but I think he's the most likely of any pitcher to get hurt on this card. Um and unfortunately, he carries a really big price with him, especially considering how well the Phillies played last year to end the year. Uh, the Rangers, who are really disappointing. I'm in Dallas now. There's some hype about the Rangers being really good this year, but I feel like signing Jacob DeGrom is not the way to get to a World Series, to get to the playoffs or any of that sort of things. Um, to me, Aaron Nola seems like a really nice price, uh, I got to
0: say. So I love this. Um, and full disclosure, I <laughs> you mentioned fading DeGrom. I think that I was the leader of the Fade DeGrom campaign. Um I've been on record on Twitter, on radio shows, on TV shows. I have faded the Grom in every start for a few years now. I think I stopped maybe two years ago. I stopped. Um, but from 2018 to 2021, I believe that those were the numbers. It was it was when he won the back to back Cy Young's, right? Mm-hmm. And in that stretch of three years, he's the best pitcher on the planet but the Mets actually had a losing record in all of DeGrom starts and they were favored in 90 something percent of them. So if you just bet against the Mets, every time DeGrom started in that three year span, you were up a boatload and I continue to champion this cause. And of course, DeGrom, you know, goes out and has a, a, a you know good year and the Mets win some games and I get burned. But anyway, uh, I'm still on the fade DeGrom. I think there's So much hype on him now joining the Rangers. This total is six and a half, which tells me that there's going to be a really low total on the Phillies team total. And that might be a best bet for me is going over the Phillies team total because it could be as low as two and a half or three three runs because of the total of this game being six and a half. That's, that's one inning
1: of a bullpen arm, I got to say, at the very least. And, and I, I don't think that you can really expect Grom to get
0: through that order
1: twice two times through, three times through, whatever, with no runs
0: allowed. And think about this. You have guys like Trey Turner and JT Realmuto and Kyle Schwarber who uh, ramped up the intensity playing in the World Baseball Classic and are going to take that and transition it into a hot start here uh, to start the season. Yes, they lose Reese Hoskins, but this Phillies lineup is still legit. Phillies team total is going to be my way to go here in this game against the Grom and the Rangers. Uh, The Twins are at the Royals, Minnesota, minus 140. Pablo Lopez getting the start for the Twinkies. Zach Greinke, speaking of fade candidates, getting the start (laughs) for the Royals. Minnesota, minus 140, total eight and a half. Uh, Is it as simple as just backing Lopez against Greinke?
1: I mean, unfortunately, the simplicity of backing Pablo Lopez is a really hard thing to talk about. (laughs) He's got great numbers, certainly, and this is not a a very difficult landing spot going to what's probably a pretty cold Coffin Stadium and also being able to pitch against a Royals lineup. Certainly, there's some prospects in there that might be getting some seasoning or have gotten seasoning in the past that might be getting a little better. Um, I just don't... the Zach Grinke five-innings pitch 1K, like sideshow that we were watching last year. I I can't imagine that's getting any different this year. Um, I feel like if you're going to throw against – a team that you want to make sure that you are missing bats. It is the Minnesota twins. And I don't really feel like that is going to go work very well for the Royals. So I'm not really a huge fan of laying road chalk in any type of sport, but I don't think that Zach will make my card to put it safely.
0: The Mets take on the Marlins. It's Max Scherzer against Sandy Alcantara, the reigning national league Cy Young award winner in Miami. The Mets are minus minus one twenty-five with a low total of six and a half. I mean, I'm pretty interested in the Marlins. I got to say, I feel like I was on this uh, roller
1: coaster last year a fair amount uh, with Sandy and especially him
0: going eight innings and then oh, taking it on the day. Sandy Day was the best day of the week, and it was Sandy F5-unders. That was always mm-hmm. the play for me, was betting unders in the first five in Alcantara starts, just like DeGrom starts, had the first five-under streak that went, and I mean, I've been burned sometimes by actually like the Marlins scoring runs in the fifth (laughs) inning and burning me, but Sandy doesn't disappoint.
1: Yeah. Sandy does not disappoint. Uh, Coming off the Cy Young, we'll see how that impacts what he does this year for sure. Um, Awfully pretty difficult, or a lot of times it's difficult to repeat that, but uh, I still really like that arm. Uh, I feel like the Marlins at home are a place or a team that I like to back as, as much as I like just painting myself. Um, but I'm just not as certain about the Mets, I gotta say. There's a lot of hype on them. We've seen how that's gone in the past with the Mets, as we talk about with DeGrom and such. Um, I-, I feel like Scherzer's not getting any younger. I think it's almost like we're getting the better pitcher here plus money with the Marlins. So, uh, that's my lean. I'm not sure that I'm ready enough to play it just yet, but uh, check in with me right before game time.
0: The Pirates take on the Reds in Cincinnati. Cincinnati is minus 140 in, um, Probably one of the few teams that they will be favored in against uh, this season. Hunter Green, who loves to give up hard contact, uh, is on the hill against Mitch Keller for Pittsburgh. Uh, For the Reds, a team that is going to, (laughs) I don't know, win 60, uh, let's call it 68, 69 wins, maybe 65 even. Uh, Can we back them as home favorites? Hard to say uh, I mean yes
1: as you mentioned they're going to win 60 games potentially um, I wish there was relegation in this sport so people actually had to try uh, unfortunately that's yeah call it call up the, call up the g- Savannah bananas and drop the Cincinnati Reds I mean at least they'd be interesting but th- that'd probably be a good battle um yeah, two really big arms, live arms. Uh, Mitch Keller, you know, was expected to be the savior for the, the Pirates for, I don't know, I feel like five years now. Uh, getting the Open Day starts, a big, big nod for him. But like, who else are they going to throw ultimately? Uh, Hunter Green was can strike out the world, especially against the Pirates. Um, I don't know. It, it's one of those where I feel like I, no matter what, if these two teams are playing, I'll take the plus money if I had to. Uh, But the nice part is we can be selective. And I just, I mean, I would expect that Hunter Green is a really nice day. I don't really know. There's a wide range of outcomes for Mitch Keller.
0: Total is eight and a half and Great American Ballpark, one of the top over ballparks last season in Major League Baseball. The Reds just at home were one of the best over teams in all of baseball, mostly due to the other team scoring. Uh, The Blue Jays (laughs) take on the Cardinals in St. Louis. Toronto a small favorite, minus 115. Alec Manoa on the hill against Miles Michaelis. Total is 7.5.
1: Manoa is awesome. Uh, I will not slight him. Certainly someone I want to back as, as an underdog as much as I can. I am a little bit worried that those days might be gone, uh, unfortunately, because I think people have realized how good he is. Yep. Might be on the road at New York. That might be about the only opportunity, maybe if the Red Sox have a really good year. I don't even know if he'll be an underdog if he's in Tampa, uh, unless he's against maybe like a, a – McLean. Mm-hmm. And that's probably right around him as well. Yeah. Um, I will say the Michaelis side of this, I mean, scary, scary guys to throw against the the Blue Jays because he's not striking out a ton. And there's a lot of uh, quick, fast swingers and and guys like Boba Shat that will hunt three pitches in a row until he strikes out. Um, I don't love the Blue Jays and their ability to work counts because they don't really have that ability. But um, I feel like there's there's one situation where Michaelis just gets off the field really quickly. A lot of great places and uh, it gets through very easily through this Blue Jays order, but I feel like there's other scenarios where he's really struggling, and that makes me pretty concerned, especially against a great arm like uh, Manoa.
0: The Rockies at the Padres. Herman Marquez for Colorado. Blake Snell for San Diego. Padres minus 205, total 7.5.
1: Gigantic number for Blake Snell, Uh, but he's shown it that he's got it before. Had a really good playoff run, I feel like. Uh, I don't know how you lay $2 two or pay $2 for him, though, at this point. The Rockies, I, I think they've shown that they really don't care about winning as well, would be in that relegation battle if there were one. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I really feel bad at this point for any Rockies pitcher, especially Herman Marquez, who I think is one of the best arms out there. But when you go to Coors Field, which somehow he's really good numbers in compared to on the road, uh, which is not a great setup for here. But he's got the arm.
0: He's got the stuff. He needs – can we free Herman Marquez and put him somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I wish you could. Uh, the White Sox at the Astros. This game will be televised on ESPN. So you got the nationally syndicated game. Houston minus one fifty-five. Framber Valdez against Dylan Cease. Total is seven. And I, I don't want to like be a, a front runner here because it's very easy picking the defending World Series champions. But this Astros team is so good. Even without Jose Altuve for the first you know, few weeks of the season, this team is just so stacked. So
1: stacked. Totally agree. Have a great arm on the mound. There's so many questions about the White Sox as well. However, I'm very interested in Dylan Cease here. I'm, I'm a believer he can strike out anyone. And I feel like that while that's a, a tough thing to do against the Astros, I feel like any swing and miss you can get against that team is really important. Now that they're not smashing trash cans, I think it's really important that also you have someone that can get some swings and misses. I think that's Dylan Cease to a T. Um, I do very much worry about fading the world series champs at home in the opener though. I, I like, I'm trying to figure out what price is big enough for me to want to get involved. I'm going to try my best to stay off of this one.
0: Yeah. I think the Astros are a play, uh, <laughs> the angels at the A's. We got the angels minus two thirty-five with Shohei Otani on the mound against, uh, well, it looks like it's going to be Kyle Muller getting the opening day start yes. for Oakland. Total is seven. And I, this number is so high, but with Otani coming off the world baseball classic, like we just saw him throwing hundred miles per hour, striking out Mike Trout. Anthony Rendon has been healthy and on fire this spring. I don't know how you can not back the angels. Uh, hard to back the the A's in that sort of same
1: idea of logic. Uh, I don't know where the runs come from this matchup, especially in Oakland where it's probably going to be 54 degrees. Uh, Oakland is, trotting out a double a lineup out there not even I think there's they said that Christian Pache the big piece that they got from the Braves in the Sean Murphy deal isn't even making the team so uh who knows what's going on with that club I mean Kyle Muller also came over from the Braves and um had shown some decent uh I guess flickers of of imagination ability all that sort of stuff
0: that's probably the biggest concern for me in this one I don't think the A's are doing much to show. Hey. Diamondbacks at the Dodgers. Julio Urias gets the opening day start for L.A. Zach Gowan goes for Arizona. L.A. minus 178, total of seven. And I got to be honest with you, I like Arizona with Zach Gowen on the hill here. I think it's probably the cheapest
1: to see the Dodgers. For a, in this type of matchup besides when they're facing one of the best teams in the NL or AL will probably be still an ugly kind of big spread. But, I mean, hard to argue with your your lean on Zach Gallen. He was so good last year, and I don't really think that the Dodgers are that – like maniacally good that they've been in the past. They they're juggernaut, of course, but I feel like it's a, a combination of pitching and hitting. I feel like Zach Gallon could put the, the, the diamondbacks, excuse me, in a better position late. I think then you got to worry about bullpens so though. That'd be my biggest question, but I know you're a big first five guy.
0: Yeah. And to me, I would look at a first five plus a half a run on the diamondbacks because, you know, Hey, if he gets through it and they're tied one, one, or, or if it's scoreless, You get the win there with the plus-a-half-a-run on Zach Allen and the underdog Diamondbacks. And the price, because the Dodgers are so heavily favored, you might not have to lay a lot of juice on the plus-a-half-a-run like you normally would uh, taking an underdog on a first-five-run line. Uh, Finally, the Guardians are at the Mariners. Shane Bieber on the hill for Cleveland against the man, Luis (laughs) Castillo, who, since coming over from the Reds, just... uh, Dude was unhittable. Uh Seattle minus 120, low total, six and a half. Yeah, I mean, good park for
1: Unders. Uh, you got the Guardians offense. I'm so glad I said Guardians. That was a, that was an issue for me last year. Of course. Uh, Shane Bieber, who had no real velocity last year, but still was awesome. Um And then, as you mentioned, Luis Castillo, Superman, once he came over from the Reds, I think there was a big, big question about what he was going to be. I think in a contract year as well, and he blew the market out of the water. was so good. was a big reason why the Mariners went on such a deep run. Um, I don't see that stopping, necessarily. I feel like it's kind of expensive to go against Shane Bieber, who's usually a favorite even on the road against good teams. Um, I don't necessarily believe the Guardians are that good. I I feel like the Mariners are a team I want to buy this year. Uh, So I like the, the minus 120. I wonder if might get a little bit better price as this gets toward first pitch, but uh, certainly interested in the home team is I, I'm a believer, uh, a believer. You could say it, well, I get <laughs> to hear,
0: but a believer in the Mariners. Well, uh, that is your schedule for Thursday opening day. Uh, just taking a look at the weekend, a couple of games that I have circled. Um, we're going to see uh, Chris sale on the mound on Saturday as the Red Sox host the Orioles. It's uh, scheduled to be Dean Kramer going up against Chris Sale so really looking forward to seeing what Sale looks like if he can stay Who healthy. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, if he can stay healthy, uh, I mean uh, right? I, I just don't know. You're right. We just don't know what we're going to see from him. On Sunday Koday Senga will make his official first Major League Baseball regular season start for the Mets when they take on the Marlins so certainly a, a matchup that I have circled because I got a rookie of the year ticket on Senga so hopefully he gets off to a great start but before we give out some best bets we want to remind you to head on over to pregame.com and you can jump on board a daily best bet package or even better more bang for your buck by getting a season-long subscription package and we have a promo code that's going to save you some money right Griffin We do get 20% off for all listeners of this MLB podcast. Use the promo code
1: PITCH20, PITCH with a P. It's a family show. PITCH20, get 20% off. As Scott mentioned, the season long packages, I've already seen some of those subscriptions rolling in. We got till the all star break, we got season long. To me, it's a little bit more value going season long uh, for only an extra 500 bucks. But with 20% off, that that whittles away pretty quickly. So use the promo code PITCH20 and you get 20% off on really anything that's out there. Got college basketball, we've got the final four this
0: weekend get plenty of stuff out there. I mean, use it to promo code. It's a great idea. Yeah. NBA playoffs, Stanley cup playoffs and hockey. So take advantage of the promo code pitch 20. That's because of the pitch clock, right? 20 seconds. I I, I see what we did there. I see what we did there. All right, Griffin, uh, let's give out some best bets. Um, I'll go first. Okay. And I kind of gave you like a half a one with the uh, team total with the Phillies. I do think that they'll be able to score some runs. Um, and I'm gonna kinda go, you know what? I think that is good. I think the 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 late game that we talked about is gonna be my best bet. I think I'm gonna go diamondbacks on the run line on the first five innings, depending on the juice, and we don't have those numbers just yet. We'll get them on Thursday. But with the Dodgers being a minus one seventy-eight, probably going higher as money comes in prior Agreed. to opening day, they could close as a minus two hundred favorite. Taking the Diamondbacks on the first five innings at plus a half a run is probably, it might be close to even money. It's not going to cost you a ton of juice here. And you got Zach Gowan on the hill who was phenomenal for the Diamondbacks last year, and and especially against the Dodgers. I mean, this is a guy that kept them in games at Dodger Stadium last year. Uh, Just one start. He went eight innings, only allowed one run. So uh, I think he was comfortable there last season, if you want to say. <laughs> um, I think that he'll keep them in the game. It'll probably be low scoring. If the Diamondbacks can scratch across across a run or two, even better. But if this thing is tied after five innings with the plus a half a run, you got yourself a win. So give me the Diamondbacks in the first five innings, backing Zach Gowan at plus .5 runs.
1: Like it. Um, I'm going to fade. Or excuse me. Not fade, excuse me. I'm going to ride my co host. Sorry, that weird Freudian slip there. I'm going to ride my co host who's talking about his, his disinterest in it really what's coming to my mind is a Jake DeGrom fade. I'm yep. still interested in it. Um, most of my plays in this sport, you'll find if you come along for the ride, uh, I try to get on the right side of even um, very small favorites or, or underdogs. I'm trying not. I'm trying to avoid the plus 200 underdogs as much as possible this year. Uh, But ultimately, I really like Aaron Nola, what he did towards the end of last year. Um, Maybe struggled in the World Series, but ultimately picked up the ball every five days as he was asked. Uh, I think the Phillies, they ride that momentum from last season. They have. Yes, a little bit depleted of a lineup, but I'm not so worried about Reese Hoskins not being there. Bryce Harper's a miss, but he'll be back eventually. Uh, I'm not buying the Jake DeGrom or the Texas Rangers hype, so give me Aaron Nola. I, had a, I saw plus-123 before the podcast started, so I'll, I'll give that number out. What, what did you have? Sorry, probably better to, to sync up on those those numbers.
0: Well, right now I got the Rangers minus-130. Let me give you the comeback okay. here on the Phillies. So the comeback on the Phillies is plus-115.
1: All right, give me 115. Uh, You can shop; might get a little bit better. I doubt it. I feel like that's going to be probably the best you get. So take Aaron Nola plus 115 in the Philadelphia Phillies to get you done, get a win on the road in Arlington.
0: All right, Griffin, good stuff. Uh, This uh, has been our opening day preview here on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview Major League Baseball Edition. We will be back with you next week as we set up the next coming series here in Major League Baseball. And we'll get you uh, all set for the beginning of the week. We'll get you set for the weekend series. And we'll come to you twice a week moving forward here to start the 2023 season good luck everyone i'm scott seidenberg he's griffin warner this is rj bell's dream preview major league baseball edition